Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we are talking all about the Major League Soccer playoffs. We're digging into the conference finals, which are coming up on Saturday in the Eastern Conference. We've got FC Cincinnati hosting the Columbus Crew at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and then over in the West, it's LAFC hosting the Houston Dynamo on Saturday, again at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. On today's show, we're going to dig into the biggest thing to watch for in both of these games. We'll start in the East and then work our way over to the West to get you ready for Saturday. And we'll do it all in just 10 minutes or less, because here at Backyield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes or 120 minutes long, doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk MLS. All right, folks, let's start over in the Eastern Conference. What is the biggest thing that you should be watching for in this game on Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern time? For my money, it's whether or not Lucho Acosta can get involved. Lucho Acosta was recently named this year's most valuable player. He was fantastic and has been for FC Cincinnati playing as their number 10 in Pat Noonan's 3-4-1-2 shape. There are other questions and considerations around Cincinnati right now. It was just announced officially last night as I'm recording on Thursday, November 30th, that Matt Miazga was suspended and will be for the rest of the season. We won't see him back for Cincinnati. Obina Nwoboto is still questionable when it comes to his availability for this game. There are questions about Cincinnati and their structure and their availability with those two key pieces, but the biggest thing for Cincy They go as far as Lucho Acosta can carry them. And again, I mentioned he is the MVP this year. He averaged 65.1 touches per 90 minutes in the regular season, according to FB Ref. In the playoffs so far, he's averaging just 50.6 touches per 90. Now, it is a smaller sample, of course, but it is inarguable that Lucho Acosta has not been the same player in the postseason as he was in the regular season. And I would bet any amount of money that Pat Noonan and the rest of Cincy's coaching staff are trying to find ways to get their star DP number 10 on the ball more often ahead of Saturday's Eastern Conference Final against the crew. That is the biggest question for this Cincy team. There are tons of other secondary questions. I've already gotten to some on the availability side. Can Aaron Bupenza be chaotic good instead of chaotic evil in this game? That is still a big question for this team, but it is not the biggest question. In this match... Columbus do a lot of predictable stuff. Now, it doesn't mean it's easy to defend against, but the crew want to dominate the ball. They have reliable attacking contributors, and one big one in the form of Cucho Hernandez, who has been, along with Dennis Buonga, the best player in the postseason. They've knocked Lucho Acosta off of that ledge. The crew are going to have the ball. They're going to try to dominate, even away from home, in their biggest game of the year so far. We know what Columbus are going to do, and they're darn good at it. Cincinnati, though, look a little more erratic right now. Obviously, they were the best team in the regular season. They win the Supporter Shield. There are tons of reasons to believe that this team can do it. The biggest thing that will happen if Cincinnati do it is that Lucho Acosta is going to influence the game in a big way. If FC Cincinnati can beat Columbus's counterpress with sharp, purposeful passes that end up at Acosta's feet, find him between the lines, allow him to face forward or turn out of pressure, find Wupenza, find Vasquez, if they can do that a lot, and if Acosta gets closer to his regular season touch count... He's going to have a great game. I know this preview ended up being very Cincinnati-centric, but that's partially because, and I got to this earlier, we know what the crew are going to do. They have been fairly consistent. They struggle, though, when teams run at them on the other side. They struggle when they have to defend in their own box. Their center backs struggle 1v1 defensively. They struggle to deal with crosses coming into the box. The crew are not a perfect team, 
but they feel like much more of a known quantity right now with fewer game-changing injuries and suspensions, with fewer questions about how their attacking stars are going to come out there and perform, our eyes will be drawn to the crew because of how they play, but I think the pivotal question in this game, the thing to watch for, is if Cincinnati's number 10 can get involved and change the game. That's a look at the Eastern Conference Final. Now, moving over to the West. What is the thing to watch for in this game? The absolute biggest thing on Saturday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time Can LAFC create chances in possession against the Houston Dynamo? Now, I know that poses a question to LAFC, but to understand why this is the biggest thing to watch for in this game, we have to start with the Dynamo and work our way backwards. They have not been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde this season playing beautiful soccer at home and really ugly soccer on the road, but there is a notable difference in how the aesthetically pleasing, free-flowing Dynamo play on home soil compared to how they play away from home. And this game, of course, will be in LA. There's a noticeable change there. At home, the Dynamo want to dominate the ball. Looking at home games across Major League Soccer, Ben Olsen's team averages 55.2% possession. Away from home, though, that number drops down to 49.4. Now, that's not a low block sitting in 24-7 kind of number, but it is a real noticeable dip. Heading to LA on Saturday then, with a clear pattern of giving up the ball while on the road, and especially in games when they're at a talent deficit, and the Dynamo are, despite being ahead of the program when it comes to their rebuild after finishing 13th in the Western Conference last year, they're at a talent deficit. So the pressure then is going to be on LAFC to use the ball in front of their fans to find chances against a Dynamo team that prefers to defend on the road rather than at home. That is the situation here. We'll see the Dynamo come out and play a little bit, but mostly, in key moments, especially early on, I would wager that LAFC will be the one tasked with doing the breaking down in this game. The question then is, can they actually do it, right? That was all foundational to get back to the question. Can LAFC create chances in possession against the Dynamo's 4-4-2 block? They created almost nothing, Steve Trundle's team, against Seattle in the conference semis outside of the Bowanga lovely goal where he's at full speed the entire time and they picked the Sounders apart. That goal, though, was basically in transition. They've morphed into a transition-heavy team over the last two seasons under Steve Trundle. They don't really resemble the Bob Bradley era, outside of the 4-3-3, and then some of the quick-fire attacking style that we do see as a common thread across those eras. They don't have clear patterns in the final third. Trundle hasn't drilled those into his team. They don't tend to move the ball with real intent in possession. They want to let the horses loose. They want to attack on the break, and they want to press you high up the field. The Dynamo, if they're smart, and I think this has been a smart team this year, are going to play into that, and they're going to say, hey, we know this is what you want to do. We're not going to let you do it. We're going to give up the ball, and we're going to be the one that lets Hector Herrera coordinate our transition attacks and run in behind your back line instead of the other way around. LAFC's weakness is that they're not great with the ball at their feet against a set defense. What they do have, though, is game-changing talent. Dennis Buwanga, a legit MVP candidate, has been phenomenal across all competitions this year. He's red hot, along with Cucho Hernandez. If Buwanga, Carlos Vela, the rest of LAFC's attack, if those players can brute force a way through with Bowanga doing Bowanga things or Bella going back to 2019, or if they can improvise their way through with some nice patterns in between and behind Houston's block, which is possible, right? Vela's ideas are excellent. Bowanga's ideas are excellent. Ilya Sanchez at the base of midfield, his ideas with the ball are excellent. They just don't have that coordinated team-wide structure. But if they improvise their way through the Dynamo, They'll have chances. They'll frustrate the Dynamo. They might force Houston to step up and try to create some chances of their own, which then creates even more chances for LAFC going the other way. This is the biggest matchup in the game. It's not just LAFC against Houston. It's how LAFC's possession can be nullified or not 
by the Dynamo in their lower block, how aggressive the Dynamo choose to be, how compact they choose to be, when they choose to go for it, when they choose to sit in. Those are major questions that all tie back to this question of, will the Dynamo be broken down by LAFC or will they make LAFC's life miserable? We'll find out on Saturday. That's it for this episode of the Backheel Show. If you enjoyed this MLS chat, go to backheel.com and check out our weekly 10 thoughts column, diving into the most interesting stuff from around Major League Soccer, from tactics to news to trades to transfers to all that stuff. Free agents will get to all that over the coming weeks as we enter off-season time. Plenty more to come here on the Backheel Show next week. We'll talk to you then. Oh, 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 oh,